I want to talk to you today about uh, something that's heavy, beautiful, a beautiful heavy on my heart today. I want to talk to you about the one thing Jesus lived his entire life, his entire 33 years or whatever on this earth, that he lived, he, he was never without this one thing. He was never without this one thing. And this is what I want to talk about today. And so from John chapter 17, verse 24, the, the, this chapter in John is an intimate prayer that Jesus prays out loud to his heavenly father. And it's just like, a, it's crazy that we have insight as Jesus speaks out loud intimately to his heavenly father. And here's what Jesus says, Father, I desire that they also whom you gave me may be with me. I desire that they also whom you gave me, Eric and Lynn and David, those that you gave me, that they also would be with me. Andrew and Delwyn and Indigo, that they whom you have given me, that they also would, this is my father, I desire this, that those who you gave me may be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory, which you have given me. But here's what I want us to see right now. For you loved me before the foundation of the world. Father, you loved me before the foundation of the world. Jesus lived every day of his life, aware, alert, attuned to the reality that his father loved him. He was never, ever, at any time in his life, not conscious of the fact that his father loved him. And in this prayer, he not only speaks of how his father loved him, but how long, <laughs> how long from the foundation of the world, you have loved me. Jesus was continually conscious of his father's love for him. He was never not aware of his father's love, ever. And that's how he could face devils and diseases and demons and ditzy disciples and never waver. Never waver because he was never without a sense of how much his father loved him. And Jesus wants you to live like him. He wants you to live every day conscious like he did of your heavenly father's love for you. In the same prayer, Jesus says these words. Verse 22, and the glory which you gave me, I have given them, that they may be one just as we are one, I in them, you in me, that they may, they may be made perfect in one, and that the world may know that you sent me, but here's where I want us to look, and have loved them as you have loved me. You have loved them 
as you have loved me, and you loved me from the foundation of the world, that, you have, that, they, that the world may know that you have loved them from the foundation of the world, that there has never been a space in your amazing personhood that did not ever exist without a love for them. That you have loved them as you have loved me from the foundation of the world. God, in this intimate prayer that Jesus prays out loud, God loves you and me as much as he loves Jesus. God loves his sons as much as he loves his son. And daughters. But here's my problem with that. And it's been a problem all my life. I get it that he loves his son. I get it because Jesus is so worthy of that love. But not me. I struggle with this. Jesus is perfection. He deserves God's love. I I don't. And yet, Jesus and me stand side by side, and the Father loves his sons as much as he loves his son. And I don't know. I just, I just don't know. Because I'm way more sin-conscious, guilt-conscious, shame conscious than I am my father loves me conscious. How can God love me like Christ when I am so unchristlike? Is God blind? Is he unaware? How does he not know the difference between me and Jesus? And yet, here's what we read in the Bible, in the book of Romans, chapter 5. For when we were still without strength in due time, in the right time, Christ died for the ungodly, ungodly. He died for the ungodly. Now, for scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet perhaps for a good man someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, ungodly sinners, while we were ungodly and sinners, Christ died for us. He died for the ungodly, and while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than having now been justified by his blood that we just celebrated here a moment ago, we shall be saved from wrath. Now, I get that. I get that. Wrath. That, that, that seems more fitting for me. But no, no. Having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if when we were enemies, ungodly, sinners, enemies, ungodly, 
In that state, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son. Much more now, having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Christ died for the ungodly while we were still sinners. When, when we were enemies, he demonstrated his own love toward us. Oh, man, this is eyes wide open love. This is totally aware of me at my worst love. God did not demonstrate his love for me or for you when we were at our best. No. But when we were at our most ungodly, immoral, wicked, sinful, despicable, unreasonable, adversarial, worst. This is unearned, undeserved, unmerited love. And that's why it's so hard to believe it. And that's why it's so hard to receive it. And yet, when I believe this love, it changes everything. It changes everything. In 1 John chapter 4 and verse 10, it says, This is real love. All right, buckle up. This is real love. Not that we love God. That's not that we, that, no, no, no. This is real love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us. Now that's real love. And sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sin. It's not real love that we love God. That's like me sitting on a Polynesian beach sunset with palm trees and breeze and sparkling and the smell of coconut and pineapple and, and thinking, I love this. Yeah, what's not to love? It's not, that's not true love that I love God. True love is that he loves me and he loves you. And sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sin. This is not love that I love God. He's perfect. He's glorious. He's transcendently good. He's amazing. He's kind. He's generous. It's like pulling a bow and mangle out of the fridge and opening it up saying, I love mangles. That's not true love. Everybody loves, well, I think everybody loves mangles. It's not love that I love him. It's love that he loves me. With God, what's not to love? With me, there's a lot not to love. You see, I do not know that God loves me instinctively or intuitively. That's not how I know. I do not know it intuitively. I do not know it instinctively. I know it because 
it is the truth declared and demonstrated in God's word. When I was a young boy in Sunday school, this is what they said. They taught us this. Jesus loves me. This I know. For the Bible tells me so. That's how I know. That's how I know. Because this truth is declared and demonstrated in God's word. And when I know and believe this truth, it changes everything. The Apostle John also said in 1 John 4, 16, we have known and believed, we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love, and he who abides in love abides in God, and God in him. Come on, that is, that's a total change of everything right there. The moment I believe and receive this love, everything in my life, from the outlook to the insight, everything in my life is dramatically changed and transformed when I know and believe this love that he has for me. The way I live, the way I look, the way I talk, the way I walk, everything changes when I believe and receive this Father's love for me. God wants you to know and God wants you to believe the love he has for you. The message says it this way. We know it so well. We've embraced it heart and soul, this love that comes from God. God is love. When we take up permanent residence in a life of love, we live in God and God lives in us. Come on, family. When we take up permanent residence in a life of love, we live in God and God lives in us. God wants your knowledge of his love for you to take up permanent residence in you just like it did in Jesus. And when Jesus got up in the morning to go do the work of the Father, he did it totally, completely conscious of how much his Father loved him every day. 1 John 3, 1. Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called children of God. The New International Version says it like this. See what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. My world changes. My world changes. My whole thought about life and people and others. My whole thought about myself. Everything changes when I no longer live with a sin consciousness, but a my Father loves me consciousness. You just try to be despairing. You just try to be distraught with an awareness and a consciousness every day of how much your heavenly Father loves you. You just try to be depressed. When you have a total consciousness all day long of how long and how much your heavenly Father loves you. To wake up every day and to know the Father's love is lavished on you all day, no matter what, it's unmerited, it's undeserved. It is unmerited, it is undeserved, it is unearned, no matter what. It is unearned. It is, un it is unearned love, it is undeserved love, it is unmerited love. It just is. It is what it is, and we have to get over ourselves that it's earned. 
We have to get out of this thing that, yes, God must love like I love. You earn it. But it's not that way at all. It's not that way at all. It is what it is. And here's what it is. It's unearned. It's undeserved. It's unmerited. God is love. And knowing this love will give you the victory over everything you have ever struggled with in your life. It'll give you the victory over every darkness and every devil and every demon and every despair and every... Knowing this love will give you the victory over every area of your life. Look at what happens in Matthew chapter 3 and verse 17. Jesus is in those baptismal waters there at the Jordan, just down from Jericho. John the Baptist is in those waters with him. And Jesus comes up out of those waters. There's a great crowd all around. And suddenly, a voice came from heaven saying, This is my beloved son, my beloved, my beloved, my beloved. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. The message says, this is my son, chosen and marked by my love, the light of my life. Now, here's the next four verses. This is my beloved son. This is my beloved son. This is my son, chosen and marked by my love, the light of my life. And now look at the next four verses. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And when he fasted 40 days and 40 nights afterward, he was hungry. Now when the tempter came to him, he said, If you are the Son of God, so evidently he was in that crowd that heard what everybody else heard too, because he heard this. And so he says, If you are the Son of God, command these stones become bread. Because he just declared that you were. If you are the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. But Jesus answers him. It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word. Every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. If you're the Son of God, if you're the Son of God, did you notice a word The devil left out. He left out the word, the most important word. Beloved. Loved. If you're the son marked by his love, if you're the beloved son, if you're the loved one, if you're the beloved son, listen to me, please. The devil does not want you to think during times of temptation that you are the beloved son in whom God is well pleased. He wants that far from your mind. He doesn't even want that close to your mind because the moment you stop and say, no, 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 no. I'm not just a Christian. I'm the beloved son. I'm chosen. I'm beloved, unmerited, unearned, unfavored. I've got the complete, absolute, God has marked me with his love. Now, what did you have to say again? The devil doesn't want you during times of temptation. He may call you a Christian, but he won't call you the beloved child of God. And how does Jesus answer him? Jesus says, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word. You left out a word. The devil's real good at that, isn't he? 
He's real good at taking uh, some of the word of God. Ask Eve, ask Adam, ask whoever. And, and he, he's, he's real good at kind of leaving some things out. Don't let him leave anything out if he's going to talk to you. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And what was the word that had just proceeded from the mouth of God? You are my beloved son. Knowing that you are loved by your Father changes everything in your life. And knowing it all day long, all day long, all day long. To live every day of your life conscious of your Father's love. Not sin conscious, not shame conscious, not guilt conscious. It changes everything. My Father loves me. Breathe it out a hundred times a day. My Father loves me. My Father loves me. My Father loves me. I make this as a solid confession every single morning. I confess every single day that I am a son beloved. I don't know that instinctively. I know it because the Bible tells me so. And I receive it and I believe it by faith. I'm a son, beloved, beloved. I'm going to ask the team to come as I share one last thing. In the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus is in agony. And we read in Mark 14, in verse 36, a brand new word is introduced in the New Testament. It's only used three times. And here's the first time it's used. In Mark 14 and verse 36, in agony in Gethsemane, Jesus said, Abba, 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 Father, All things are possible for you. Take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what you will. The message translates it this way. Papa, Father, you can, can't you? Get me out of this. Take this cup away from me. But please, not what I want. What do you want? So the Greek word, father, is pater. P-A-T-E-R, pater. So not just, not just, and Jesus has spoke of his father through his whole ministry, but in the Garden of Gethsemane, not just pater, the Greek word for father, but Abba, the Aramaic word for father. Now this word is used two more times in the New Testament. In the book of Romans, chapter 8, and verse 15. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. Amen. Appreciated Sarah's offering talk. You did not receive 
the spirit of bondage again to fear. But you received the spirit of adoption, the spirit of adoption by whom we, we cry out, we cry out, Abba. We cry out. We can't help it. The Holy Spirit moves. He prompts. We've received this Holy Spirit by whom? The Holy Spirit. We cry out, Abba. Father. And the last time we see this word in the New Testament is in Galatians. Paul's letter to the Galatian churches. Chapter 4 and verse 6. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the Spirit of His Son into your hearts. This isn't just a technical thing that I am a son because I believe it. It's more than that. I actually, by believing it, receive the very Spirit of the Son inside of me. That's why I not only believe, but I receive this love. Because you are sons, God has sent forth, God, God has sent forth the Spirit of His Son into your hearts, crying out, Abba. Abba. Father. Let me teach you the most intimate, powerful, effective, emotional, one word prayer you can ever pray. Abba. Father. Father. Abba. The Spirit prompts me to say Abba. And Jesus, the Spirit of Jesus in me, prompts me to say wants you to know and believe the love that he has for you. Jesus lived every day of his life conscious of his father's love for him. And he wants you and me to live the same way. Amen. Stand with transformed today by your word that our whole minds would be renewed today by your word 
you know how failure conscious I am. You know how insufficient conscious I am. You know how insecure conscious I am. You know how guilt conscious I am. How sin conscious I am. Holy Spirit, would you please help me and my family here today exchange all of that for a new consciousness. The consciousness, Lord Jesus, that you lived with every day, demonstrated every day, and you want us to live with every day. My Father loves me. May may the morning, early hour morning, bring that consciousness to us. May mid-morning, that consciousness, my Father loves me. May the late morning, the middle of the day, the conscious, no matter what I'm doing, no matter where I'm going, no matter what's happening in my world, my Father loves me. My Father loves me. Lord, there in the afternoon, there in the late afternoon, and on my way back home in the evening, and all through the evening, may this consciousness lay hold of me. May this consciousness totally renew my mind. Abba, my Father loves me. And Lord, if I'm going through the Garden of Gethsemane of my own life, or if I'm going through a 40-day wilderness trial of the devil in my own life, or whatever I may face in my own life, may I face it as you faced everything, absolutely conscious that my Father loves me, my Heavenly Father loves me. And Lord, I believe and I receive that love that you have for me. And may we live in you in that love, I pray in Jesus' name.